Okay, this is, of course, Refresh, and it's uh, really trying to seek a time of refreshing from the Lord. And uh, just to remind you, our, our first half is going to be a study, so we're going to look at God's Word and try to look at something that's very applicable to what we are, why we're here, and what we want from the Lord, and what He's doing in our lives. And then we're going to have a prayer time, and uh, we'll talk about that as we get closer. So today, uh, we're going to talk about moving past our sin. And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. Now, before we look at the passage, you're probably wondering, what's this about, moving past our sin? Well, you know, as we've been talking about in the morning service, about God preparing us for whatever's next for our church, and part of that is preparing ourselves individually, we've been asking God to really for us to seek after the fullness of the Spirit in our lives. And if you have realized from our morning messages, the problem with that is our sin. Our sin is the biggest obstacle that we have to experiencing the fullness of the Spirit. If you remember Sunday, we talked about that we, have a, we do two things. We grieve our relationship with the Holy Spirit through our sin, and we also quench or snuff out or suppress his work in our lives because of our sin. But have you tried to deal with your sin lately? It's not really easy, is it? It's actually quite frustrating. You know what I'm saying? It actually can be a very defeating thing. So I'm going to talk about that struggle, first of all, because this is going to set up what we're going to look at here in Hebrews. There, there is a struggle within us against our own flesh, against the desires of our own flesh, and against the whole concept of our sinning, because we know what God wants us to do. So that's really the first point. We understand God's calling for our lives. We understand God's calling for our lives. Now, when I'm talking about calling here, I'm not talking about a specific calling, like somebody who's called to be a preacher or a missionary, okay? I'm talking about a general calling that he gives to all believers, such as, be holy as I am holy. Isn't that a general calling? He's calling all of us to be holy as he is holy. He calls us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, uh, that we walk worthy of his, of the calling, of the calling of salvation, that we walk like we are believers. So we understand that God is calling us to be different, to live differently because of Christ. Okay? Now, I can remember, I can remember, I've been a believer now since 85, so 33 years. Okay? And I can remember when I went to church 33 years ago, little bitty independent Baptist church in West Columbia, South Carolina, it was, there was a, there was a stressing of living right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Of, of living right before the community, of living for Christ with your life. And, you know, and over the years, we've drifted away from that, okay? Where that emphasis doesn't exist anymore. We actually try to 
And a lot of churches try to tell you how to live with your stuff rather than how to deal with it. And I guess I'm coming around to the perspective again, no, we have a calling that God calls us to, to be different, to be holy, to live holy, okay? But here's the problem. Our best intentions eventually result in failure. Our best intentions eventually result in failure. Have you noticed that? You know, I, you, like, okay, I, I'm going to talk about something that I struggle with. It's called dieting, okay? And, you know, I'll do really good, and I'll drop 30, 40 pounds, and I feel like i got to go on and do a little bit more. But eventually, I don't know, something, I just kind of give up and or not taking it serious, and I'm falling back, and then here I gain that 30 or 40 pounds back, plus another 20 pounds on top of that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm, like I'm trying to take one step forward, but I'm going two steps back. And if you think about that, when you and I try to deal with our sin, and when I'm talking about sin, I'm talking about the stuff that you deal with that you know God's telling you not to do, which is different for every person here. And when I'm trying to deal with my stuff, It seems like at first maybe I'm making some headway and I want to do what's right, but eventually I fall back into the same patterns again. And it's like a continual struggle. In fact, that's what the Apostle Paul talks about in Romans chapter 7. The good that I want to do, I don't do. That which I don't want to do, I what? I do. Do you know what I'm saying? And he expresses a frustration there. Oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of sin? You know, and, and the reality is, is that our best intentions eventually result in failure. So this is the struggle that's going on with us. And so here's what we come to a conclusion. Here's the conclusion we come to as we look at this struggle. That God's calling seems hopelessly unattainable. That what he's calling us to is hopelessly unattainable. There is no way that I can get there. In fact, you know, we're talking about experiencing the fullness of the Spirit in our lives. And, and the reality is, yeah, that sounds great. We all want to be led by the Spirit. We want to experience His power in our life. We want to experience His guidance in our life. But we understand that one obstacle that's keeping us from getting to where we need to get is our what? Sin. But I'm always failing in that, that area. So what you're calling me to, in fact, it's, it's a command. Don't be drunk with wine, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. That's a command. That command, it just seems like, how can I get there? Because I've tried... And there, there are people who've written whole theologies on how it's not possible because they've tried and their sin keeps getting in the way, so what do they do? They adjust their lives to just live with their sin. And I think that's what we eventually all do. We learn to, you know, we want something better, we want something different in our Christian lives, but it's not there. And so we just learn to adjust to it. I've learned to adjust to it, you've learned to adjust to it, We learn to adjust to it in our own way where we can still be, quote, Christian, 
but somehow make the adjustment for our sin problem, our sin issues. Okay? So that's, that's the struggle. Now, what I want to show you today from the Word of God, and here's what my prayer is. My prayer is that he will open your hearts and minds to his Word today. Because as I was preparing this lesson this afternoon, he was opening my mind. I mean, we've read this passage before, okay? But that as I present it to you, I'm going to make four points from these two verses that he would help you to say, ah, have an aha moment. You ever had an aha moment? Like, ah, yeah, that's something to think about. I haven't thought about that before. So let me just stop right now. I feel, I feel like I need to pray and ask God to open our minds. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, we are going to be looking into your word. And your word is a reflection of who you are. It is your self-revelation to us. And you have called us to experience the fullness of Christ in our lives. But Lord, we're just going to admit to you this evening that we've gotten to the place where we cannot see how that can happen because we are so enslaved to our bodies and we're enslaved to sin. And so I'm asking you right now that as we look at these two verses from Hebrews, that you would allow us to have an aha moment. That you would allow us to see what it is that you want us to see from this passage. And Lord, speak through me to these folks. Breathe life into them through this passage. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Look with me if you got your Bibles or if you have a Bible there in front of you. Um, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He's going to start off referring to something that he talked about in chapter 11. Look at what he says. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to see four things here. Here's the first one. If you and I are going to deal with this issue of this defeat we're living in, we know what God wants us to. We know what he's calling us to. We know that we want that for our lives and for our church. Here's the first thing that I need you to grasp from this passage, okay? We have the testimony of others who were victorious. We have the testimony of others 
who were victorious. What he's referring to when he says we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, he's talking about the folks that he mentioned in chapter 11. Chapter 11 is known as the great faith chapter. And there you'll see testimony after testimony of people who had faith in God. People who had faith and who God used and who God honored. In fact, towards the end, he says there were people, he didn't even mention their names, but he said they were not even worthy for us to even do something with because they were so special. So here's these folks in chapter 11 who achieved victory. And when you read some of the names there, I'll be honest with you, you kind of have to shake your head like, are you kidding me? That guy was okay? And the reality was, yeah. Yeah, they achieved the victory and they had the faith. They had the faith. So here you are. Why is this important for you and I to grasp? Because you're in this, you're in this struggle where you think there is no way that I can achieve this calling that God is calling me to because I'm dealing with this stuff in my life. I'm dealing with my sin and the struggle with my sin and I'm always defeated. Here's the thing you need to realize. There were others before you who were struggling and they achieved the victory. There were others before you. And let's stop for a moment. David is mentioned among them. Now, I don't know of anybody here that's murdered anyone. At least I don't think so, okay? Don't tell me. I'll be disappointed, all right? But, but you know, the reality is, okay, the reality is, listen to me, they were commended for their trust and faith in God. They were commended for the victories in their life. You too can have that. So yeah, the struggle is tremendous right now. The struggle is big, and you're defeated, and I'm defeated, but listen, it doesn't have to be that way. There's still hope. It's not hopeless. We just have to develop a different mindset, and that's what we're going to talk about with these next three steps. These next three things that we see out of this passage as far as the solution. There's three more things there. It's not just recognizing that there are others who've done it. There are three more things here. Let's talk about them, all right? So first of all, we're to lay aside the sin that dominates and controls us. He's talking about a mindset here. So he's using, actually, when you read the passage, he's talking about running the race. Now, I know, you know, I know Bruce runs, and he's running half marathons and stuff. Ask Bruce if he runs with a big backpack on, 50-pound backpack. Does he, does he run in, a, you know, in July in a parker? No. Do you understand? With combat boots on. You know why? Because that would hinder his run, right? He's, he's going he's gonna to wear what he has to wear, those runner shorts with that T-shirt and those shoes. And that's it. He's going to run the race. He's not going to allow anything to hinder him from the race. And so here's what he's saying. You've got to decide, I'm not going to let this hinder me from my calling. I'm not going to let whatever the issue is, you fill in the blank. I'm not going to let that hinder me in my calling. I'm going to set it aside. Now you say, okay, George, but I've been doing that. You're not telling me any new information here. I've been doing that. Just follow along with me. That's the first thing he's saying here. Lay it aside. Recognize it's hindering you. 
set it aside. So you get up and go. You set it aside. Okay? Because here's what he's going to tell you as far as the third thing. We must move forward with perseverance. Look at what he says there. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, that phrase there, with endurance, means you're going to keep going no matter what is thrown at you, no matter how difficult the path. Even if you stumble and fall, you're going to pick up and what? Keep going on. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the fact of the matter, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to stumble and fall. Do you hear me? You're going to stumble and fall because you already are. That's why you're defeated. That's why you think you can't do it. That's why you think it's hopeless. It's because you are stumbling and falling. And so you're like, it's no way I can achieve this because... The race is too long. The race is too difficult. There's no way to to achieve this calling. There's no way to do it, and I'm falling. But listen, remember what David said, and of all the people to say it, David, Psalm 37, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in them. First thing you got to remember, God sets your path, and he delights in your life. But notice what the next phrase said, next verse. Though he yet stumble. He will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. The implication of that text is, is you're going to stumble. Listen to this, 1 John chapter 2, My little children, I run unto you that you sin not. But if you sin, you have what? An advocate. Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the propitiation for our sins. It's taken care of. So when you come to two here, the third thing here, he's saying, look, he's saying, number one, look, look around you. There are others who've done this. There's others who have achieved the victory. Don't be defeated. You lay aside that, that stuff that's handing you back. You, you break free from it. You keep moving forward. And as you keep moving forward, you endure as you're moving forward. Even though you stumble, you pick yourself back up and go on. That's reality. You say, okay, George. But that's kind of like our, what you already said, our best intentions eventually result in failure. I've done that many times. And eventually, you know, I go along okay, and I'm back on my face again. Well, there's one fourth point here that I think is the missing key. And this is what blew open in my minds today. Look at what he says in verse 2. He's talking about running that race with endurance. And he's talking about how to run that race in verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Here's the fourth point. Here's what the key is. The key is faith. The key is faith. A good friend of mine shared a verse with me this week from Galatians chapter 3. It's been in my mind ever since he shared it with me. And I want you to listen to what Paul says. Galatians chapter 3, if you want to write this reference down, verse 3, are you so foolish, 
having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? All right, listen to what he said. Because this is where this, the key comes into, the issue of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that you're now trying to be perfect in your flesh? All right, so let me unpack that for you. So let me ask you a question real quick. How do you get saved? Okay, Bruce, you said a faith in Jesus, right? Everybody agree with that? Is it anything you've done? Can you do anything for salvation? Can you, do you have to be the right person, come from the right family? Do you have to have the right education? Do you have to do, do enough works? You know what I'm saying? Like walk around the church on your knees 50,000 times before Jesus accepts you, give enough money in the offering plate. Is it anything that you can do for salvation? Is there? No, it's all by your what? You are trusting him by your faith to save you. Now here's what he says. Oh, foolish Galatians, having begun in the Spirit, having begun in the Spirit because it's faith, you're trying to perfect your life by the works of your flesh? What's he saying there? It's the same thing. This is the key. This is what blew my mind. The life he calls me to, he calls me to live that life by what? Faith. See, the reason why, okay, I can look and I can see in this great hall of faith these others who have achieved the victory and have fulfilled their calling, and then he's telling me, lay aside that stuff that's entangling you. You lay aside that stuff that's ensnaring you. Lay aside that sin. You keep pressing on. You keep pressing on with endurance. But you look to Jesus, who is, look at what it says there, the author and finisher of your what? Faith. He didn't just begin faith in your life. It says he finishes faith. And what do I remember? I think of Paul. He who has begun a good work in you will what? Complete it. Who's the one that finishes the work in your life? Is it you? Is it I? No. It's Jesus. Do you understand? Listen, listen to Paul's testimony. If you go back to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it like opens up in my mind. Here's what it says, verse 20. Here's Paul's testimony. This is a guy who's, who's understood. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. What's that Christ living in you? That's the Holy Spirit. And the life which I live in the flesh, look at what he says now. I live by faith. Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now that word live there, he's not talking about a past tense event. He's talking about that, that he is living now in the victory in his life because of what? His faith in Jesus. His faith in Jesus. So listen, folks, I guess what I'm trying to say to you is this. I guess what I'm trying to say to myself is we can move beyond it. We can achieve the calling in our life. What's that calling? Be filled with the Spirit. Experience the fullness of His Spirit so that you can serve Him being witnesses for him. Do you understand? Encouraging others in the body of Christ, witnesses to the lost, glorifying him with your life. 
experiencing his power, his guidance, and everything, we can move beyond our sin. Not to perfection. How do I know that? 1 John chapter 2. My little children, I write unto you that you do not sin. But if you sin, what's the implication there? You're still going to sin. Go back to Psalm 37. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, though he yet stumble. What? He'll not utterly be cast down. In fact, Proverbs says, a righteous man falls down what? Seven times, and he gets back up. He gets back up. Why? Why are we able to get back up? Because our faith isn't in ourself, it's in who? Jesus. This is what I'm trying to tell you. This is what I want you to percolate. This is what I want you, maybe when we pray, to talk to the Lord about. Okay? Let me pray right now. Lord, we love you. I pray that you would allow us to grasp the reality of faith in our life. That we would trust you. Put our faith in you, that you are going to do this work in our lives. That, the, that what you call us to, the fullness of the Spirit, so that we can serve you, is attainable. Not because of our efforts, but because you want us to be filled with your Spirit. And even though we are struggling with the sin in our lives, you will help us. You already knew that, Jesus. Because you are the author and finisher of our faith. I ask this now, Lord. Lord, let this just percolate in our minds and in our hearts and bring us to where we need to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.